So, um, I went to my doctor, um, who does blood work on me and yeah, he, he said that my kidneys or not my kidneys, excuse me, my liver was in jeopardy. Remember my levels were bad. Yeah. My adrenals were bad. My organs were failing. It was and really scary. Well, what was weird was I knew something was wrong with my hormones because I had no body odor. Like I didn't have to wear deodorant. That's weird. I didn't have to shave underneath my armpits forever. I, it was like I was resorting back into like a 10 year old little girl. Like I had Jeez. no, yeah, my hair was falling out. You know, everyone and their mother is starting a podcast, so why not start a podcast with your mother? <laughs> Welcome to Strong Bond. We are a mother-daughter fitness duo here to help make your journey a little easier. There are so many misconceptions and misinformation out there when it comes to overall health and fitness. You can achieve a healthy balance in your life without feeling restricted or obsessing about food and the scale. So come hang with us and learn what it truly means to take care of your body from the inside out. What's up guys? My name's Corinne. I'm Chrisanne. And welcome back to our podcast. Guys, I bought a house today. <laughs> so nerve-wracking, oh, so awesome. Like... And it's just crazy. You should have saw the stack of papers you that this lady like, brought up. And, and uh, our realtor was like, your hand's literally going to hurt by the end of And imagine if you really had to read through all that. Oh, I know. She she was funny, too. I mean, she just, like, explained every single thing of it. But I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not reading Signing your life this. away, and you don't even know what's on those papers. Yeah. Literally signed our life away. So... Now the fun stress comes because the yeah. decorating, the decor, the matching things up, it's stressful. I have no idea even how to paint a wall, guys. Yeah, thank God for Pinterest, right? <laughs> and YouTube. Pinterest, YouTube, right. And I didn't have those things when we first bought a house, so it was a lot. So I learned a lot. I'll be able magazines. to help you out. Yeah. I had magazines, you're right. That's oh my like gosh, the only thing. Because I still get Z Galleries magazines. Do you really? Yeah. I love Z Gallery. <laughs> we don't have Z Gallery homes, but no. I love Z Gallery style. My, yeah, I know. And that's what's going to be hard because that is like, quote unquote, my style. Mm -hmm. I guess I like really modern. I love glam. And our house is not like that whatsoever. So it's like Pottery Barn will meet in the middle. And yeah. I've been trying to get some like inspiration from there and then <laughs> try to do it a little bit more I, I wouldn't say cheap because I don't I don't want to go the cheap way with anything I want to make sure this is good quality stuff but it's gonna take a while because we just the check that we just gave them today I kind of want to throw up but it's gonna be a lot of trial and error just like what we're gonna talk about today <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, trigger warning, guys. The topic that we are talking about today um, is dealing with eating disorders, anorexia, diet culture, gut issues. Yeah. So we just wanted to warn you in case um, you do feel triggered by this conversation to pick another episode. Yeah. So we're going to dive into it right now and yeah. we're going to talk mostly about Chrisanne's um, life story yeah and I'm gonna tr there's a lot to this and I do want to touch on like the stages that I gone through just to see like maybe somebody out there can relate with one stage or another I really think and hopefully nobody can relate with all of it because then dang <laughs> I'm sorry because that was you've been through a lot well like I said if I could go back and tell little Chrisanne to never go on a diet or yeah. to not starve herself I wish I could you know, but I did that with you. I made sure when you were young, you know, that told you the dangers, but I wish somebody had said that to me. So I, you know, then I wouldn't have had to go through all of this and exactly waste a lot of time, go through a lot of issues. A lot of money. Yeah. Was that hun? <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. But, um, I will go through it like as fast as I can. I, I won't be able to go through all of it because we will be here forever guys and you just you don't want to hear all that and I'll probably miss some things here and there but I just want to give the gist of it just to see if anybody can relate you know and then where I'm at today yeah which is a there, much better place there is light at the end of the tunnel in this but there's story. always 
always issues. There's always struggles. Yeah. There will always be struggles. And never, you know, I don't think you'll ever get to the point where it's just like rainbows, sunshines, butterflies the rest of your life. I wouldn't say even the healthiest person in the world has yeah. rainbows at the end yeah. of their story. Okay. I, I mean, like, you, what you go through does shape you into the person you mm-hmm. are. So it's like, they're not necessarily like bad things, but everyone makes mistakes. And you were also, um, the guidance that you were given was so wrong. Well, right, right. So let's just go back to, you know, my childhood. Um, and this is where a lot of, I feel a lot of us get our ideas of what we should look like. Stems like, from childhood, for sure. Well, you know, we're born not thinking about, you know, what our bodies should look like and what, how, when we should eat and what, you know. We're just born hungry, we eat. <laughs> when we're not hungry, we don't. But then what happens is you get influenced by our culture. And we have a very strong diet culture. And I don't foresee it ever going away. I don't see it ever going away either. No, I really don't. I think it's a lot better. Um, you know, these it's definitely starting to it's, get Yeah, you see a lot of pictures with the heavier models and stuff, which I think is good because when it first started happening, weren't you shocked? Yeah. Like, you just look at those models and you go, oh my gosh. But now, you see them and it's not as shocking. And it's no. like, this it's, is life. They're this normalizing is, this it. Is, yes, exactly. And I think that's a good thing. You Absolutely. Know, right? So we don't have to look and starve ourselves to look like the Victoria's Secrets models right. and, you know, all that stuff. Now, you know, we have a much... I think it's getting much healthier. For sure. Right, for sure. But as a kid... Just, you know, in our childhood, we see the heavier kids get picked on. Yeah. You know? Kids and we, are mean. Right. They're disrespected. You know what I mean? So, you start seeing that, oh, well, when you're heavy, you're not as respected. And, you you know, the kids are treated different. They're made fun right. of. They're right. bullied. And it's... It gets it's, in your head. It, oh, it's sad. And, I mean, I wasn't, by any means, I wasn't heavy, but I was insecure in the fact that I was taller than everyone. I did have chubby cheeks, thanks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll be thanking me when you're 40, <laughs> <That's> honey. <laughs> I got pointed, they would point that out though. I've been called whenever I was in middle school, thunder thighs. I didn't have big legs and oh the slightest. Gosh, you have the smallest legs. Yeah. It, I mean, it was my like guy friends messing with me, I think yeah. for the most part, but that will stay in your head. Yeah. And then my bigger, fuller face, like people will point that out. And when you're that young, it's going to mess with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So, I never had a weight problem growing up. I never thought about food in a way of, you know, dieting or anything like that because I didn't have a weight problem. Well, in high school, when you hit puberty, even if you're, like, a thin kid your whole life, you're going to gain some weight. The hormones are just, you know, what it is. And um, I did. Probably 10th grade it was. I remember us lined up. All All the girls were lined up, and we all had to get on a scale. And everybody was just, you know, commenting about their weight and other, you know, some girls were like, oh my God, I'm 115 pounds. I'm fat. Like, you know, and I got on and I was 125. No, mind you, I was, I think five, six, five, seven at the time. Cause I grew tall, skinny, fast, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. But I, I wasn't tiny like some of the girls, but I was 125 and I thought that was awful. I was like, oh. Oh my goodness, I'm so much bigger than them and they're calling themselves fat. What the heck? So that's when I really started to watch what I ate. Um, not that I had any success with losing weight because I do think my hormones were just, you know, puberty and I was out of whack. So, um, and then the BMI chart, you know, guys, when they send that stuff home with your kids, honestly, God, throw it away. The BMI was created by an astrologer, not even a doctor. And it wasn't just to do a random test. Like, it was just like a study to see how people would react to things. But what would happen was the insurance companies got a hold of this. And they thought that heavier people were more of a liability. So that was a way of upping the insurance. If your BMI was higher, you can up your insurance so they're getting more money from people that have a higher BMI, which me, my husband, who is a football player, a very muscular guy, by no means 
oh, you know, overweight. Oh, he's in the obese category. He's, he's in the obese category, yes. and his insurance rates went up. And that's so. Yeah. That's so throw the BMI away. It is so false, and they need to get rid of it. I just can't believe that they still hold on to that. But yeah, I get. I got that sent home with you guys from school all the time. I ripped it up and threw it away. Right. It's it's ridiculous. I didn't even look at it. I know if my kids are, you know, getting Healthy. heavy, like to the point where it's going to hurt their health. Right. And, you know, that's not an issue. Um, so I started to watch what I eat. It, I didn't have any success losing weight until I got my tonsils out. So I got my tonsils out, and I was really sick with it for about two, three weeks. I really didn't eat food. I got on a scale after that, and I was down to the one. 15 like I lost a lot of weight and I was scared and that's when I became scared to death to eat again because I thought if I go back to eating the way I did I'm gonna put that weight back on and I want to stay here so literally that's whatever in my head switched that's where my thinking was but it was fueled by people's comments so when I after I got back to school and I had lost all that weight I had all kind of people telling me how great I looked, how thin I was, and it kept feeding me and feeding me. That's why I try my best not to, if I do see someone I know that has lost weight, like, make it all about, oh my gosh, you look amazing, because you don't know what they're going through. They could be going through, like, a divorce, they could be going through really bad health issues, and then you're praising them for that, like... It's just, or they can have an eating disorder, and you're praising them. For yeah, that, and right? that's gonna want them to keep doing what they're doing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But that's what I got, and I loved it. I loved when people gasped when they saw me because I got down to like below 100 pounds, and I still had a full face, so I looked pretty funny. I looked like one of those stick figures with the big heads. <laughs> like, because you person, still had full cheeks. One person told me if my, they said if you tilt your head your whole body's going to go down because your head looks like it's heavier. I can imagine how ugly I looked, but I thought I looked great at the time. Um, but um, people also don't blinded. understand. Right. And I, it wasn't like a deep rooted issue of it. People always thought that, and I never thought I had an eating disorder because of this. People always told me that eating disorders stem from something much more deep. Like you were abused. Mm-hmm. You, something happened, you know, that was very traumatizing in your childhood like, and you're trying to control things and stuff like that. And, and there may be cases where that is true. For sure. But it wasn't my issue. So I thought, I don't have an eating disorder. I don't have any issues with it. So I just like being thin. But I did learn later in life that, you know, the dopamine you get fixed whenever, like, you are ready to eat something like a goodie or like an ice cream cone or something. You get, like, a dopamine rush. Release, yeah. Yes, exactly. I got that when I went the whole day without eating and I woke up the next day and was so happy. I was, I would have a dopamine rush. Like you felt so accomplished. Exactly. So it actually became addicting. Wow. Yep. Yep. So anyhow, what that turned into from doing that for, I would say 11th and 12th grade, um, and into college a little bit, I started developing massive stomach issues. Like, I could not go to the bathroom. I would rely on laxatives and then the laxatives stopped working and then I would just have stomach aches and constipation and, you know, being skinny and bloated is not fun. And I had an obsession with a flat stomach. It was just a weird obsession. I wanted it to cave in. And it it was just doing the opposite because of what I was doing to myself. So I just struggled with that. And I kind of stopped the actual, like, starving myself but I was still on very low calorie very low calorie so I'm I was eating as least food as possible just to get through um but not where I was in high school where I would go days without food this would just be like you know maybe 800 calories it was or something. probably like your body was like okay like stop completely starving myself I need something well I, I was doing it to try to go to the bathroom to be honest, right. God, the, the raisin or the bran cereals my mom used to give me. Oh my gosh, I remember those. But I would think that that would help me, you know, go to the bathroom. And that was really became my focus. The uh, So through college, it was just dealing with constipation, stomach bloat, um, working out to burn the calories that I was eating became an obsession. Um, and then it just began to take over my life. 
and then I just started going down a dark hole of like my mom at this point was helping me out like I would just tell her what was going on and she's just so we went up to one gastrointestinal doctor after another to help me because really laxatives weren't working enemas weren't working like I was trying to do all these things myself but it wasn't working so we started going to doctors and they literally convinced me it was all in my head that I just had to eat more fiber which was the opposite of what I should have been doing because the more fiber the more bloated the and more it, you were backed the, up yep like, it was awful I like it never worked so I started to go into alternative doctors and they had me on one doctor after another we my mom and I would leave these alternative doctors and we just like it didn't make sense to do like it was really weird things they wanted you to when do you say, when you're saying alternative you mean like holistic holistic doctors okay. right they gave some insight on some things which were, was helpful but it, taking like the amount of natural um, cleanses and you know and I went down the that path and I did some of those but nothing ever worked um, so I did find at the end a colonic therapist and that worked because literally what colonics are guys is you lay on a table, they stick a tube up your butt, <laughs> put the water in and pull the fecal matter out. Disgusting. I know. But when you can't go to the bathroom, She's that's life-saving. Like yeah. I, you know, I was doing that and it gave you the relief. I'm sure it did. But it still never taught me to go on my own. No. Right. So I, it was got expensive. I would have to drive all the way downtown to do this every week. And if I didn't, I never went. I remember being little gung with you there. And then we'd go to that vitamin shop after. And I would get like a healthy. That was my second round of that. But yes, <laughs> yeah. this is when, this is before I even had you. I was oh, working okay. down in Pittsburgh. Um, so that became how I was actually going to the bathroom. But I knew I couldn't keep that up. Right. Because I, I just can't afford it, and it was so time-consuming, and I still wasn't teaching. Oh, I just wanted to go on my own. I wanted to be normal. So then I went back to regular doctors, and I got my I got a um, colonoscopy. And what they discovered was I had a, like, elongated colon. Like, my colon is, like, twice the size in length as anyone else's, and it's twisted up. So they don't know, I, I wasn't born like that because I would have had problems when I was a child. Right. So what we suspect is it was from, you know, constantly being constipated, going weeks without going to the bathroom, probably impacted me and enlarged my colon. And maybe the colonics, because they're very aggressive, pulling, you know, pushing oh, that in yeah. and pulling that out. They think that that had something to do with the twisting up and so forth. So I stopped the colonics because I was scared that that was, you know, causing it. Then um, I found a doctor that actually um, got me on some medication that made me normal. Um, it was Reglan and it was Miralax okay. and the combination of the two. If I took uh, Miralax without the Reglan, it didn't work. Um, if I took the Reglan without the Miralax, for whatever reason, this was like this magical thing that actually worked for me, but I can only be on it because the Reglan could ultimately caused me to have Parkinson's disease. So the Reglan, I could only be on it for a maximum of a year. Okay. So actually pushed that to a year and a half. I don't know how I got my doctor to do that because it was just the nicest thing to be able to be normal. And that's when I got into, it was like, like I could be normal. And now I got into the whole, I love the gym so much that I got into um, the the bodybuilding diet, so to speak. So I would go like Monday through Saturday and be so disciplined in my diet and Sunday fun day and <laughs> just blow means. it with everything I could. But um, that's where I was at. And then after a year and a half, they actually took Reglan off the market. So I couldn't even get it at that point. So I had to learn to, you know, deal with it, deal with it again. again. Exactly. I'm back to square one because it didn't heal me. Um, but I'm back to square one as far as like, what do I do now? But that's a shame because I feel like a lot of people that go through any gut health issues um, or just like health issues in general, the doctors give them something like a medication to help just relieve it. But it's never like the long term. This is the fix. No, there wasn't. It wasn't healing just so me. frustrating. It wasn't healing me or teaching me what to do. It just was, you know, cover whatever reason it worked as far as like. I could go to the bathroom without 
issues without right. taking laxatives, without, you know, anything like that. Which Miralax is a laxative anyhow. So, yeah. who knows. But it worked for a year and a half. Well, what happened after that, I was trying to get myself, um, you know, I'm back to being constipated again. We, I went through a time in my life that was beyond stress. I mean, I had... I don't even know if I really want to get into the, the amount of stress, but the stress was so severe. And I mean, you can go from, you know, money problems to marriage problems to, um, everything. It new, was, I remember, this was like when I was little, like new yeah, house, you two were little, mortgages, like it was nuts. You were little. Yeah. Um, oh, that was, yeah. Two little ones, two mortgages. Um, dad lost his job. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he had quit his job. He went down South to get that. He left me, went down South to get that job lost that job, came home, we had no income, two mortgages, kids, marriage problems beyond belief because of all of this, plus more. I had actually the opposite problem. Uh, for Because of that high stress, I had, I wasn't constipated anymore, I just had the opposite problem. I have a hard time saying that. Diarrhea. I have a hard time, why do I have a hard time Seriously. saying it? That's what it is, but I, I don't know, it doesn't want to come out of my mouth. But I welcomed it. I mean, after being constipated, I could care less. It right. was coming out, and I was happy because anybody who's constipated and had, you know, four days of not going to the bathroom, and you count up how many meals you had, you're like, that's in me. Right. Like, like it has to be killing me. What is going on? That's scary. Right. Um, What's the longest you've gone? I went six weeks. I started oh a job at, yeah, I started a job at U.S. Airways at the ticket counter at the airport in the club, and it was the most stressful thing I ever, like, as far as a job goes, ever gone through. And you can't leave the desk to go to the bathroom if you have to or anything like that. But I was six weeks. Corinne, if you were to, like, just run your finger down my arm, I would bruise. I was so poisoned oh inside. Gosh. Nothing worked. I went to hospitals to get enemas. Nothing worked. It was weird. That's when I went back to the colonics that you remember. Yeah. That is so scary. So, anyhow, um... Where was I at? Oh. Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> the word I don't like to use. So that was going on. And that was a year and a half, two years. And when it was all over and the stress calmed down and things got back to normal. It was a long time. My gut was worse than ever. It was so bad. I was so constipated and everything I ate I reacted to. Everything I ate. Bloating, pain. Around this time, too, because of all the stress, you were a string bean, too. You were so... Oh, tiny. I was really tiny at yeah. that point. That was because all that stress and diarrhea. <laughs> and that, too. <laughs> so, um, that's when I went to um, the hospital and I became a actual case study. That five different doctors looked over my case and... Um, they said that the one doctor said that I possibly could have SIBO, which stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And it made sense when I looked it up because literally what SIBO is, um, when you have small, when you have bacteria, too much of it in your small intestine. So you can have a ton of bacteria in your large intestine, but if you have a little bit in your small or too much in your small intestine, that's where your food is absorbed and that bacteria actually will prohibit you from absorbing that food and eat it itself and cause massive gas. So you're not even getting any no nutrients. nutrients. Nope. Mm -mm. Wow. So when that happens and I had, there's two different types you can have, which is, um, oh, let me forget, I forget what the other one, mine was hydrogen gas. I forget what the other one was. I'm just not thinking of it right now, but I had the one where the hydrogen gas causes constipation. Okay. Of course. Yeah, of Couldn't course. have the other one. So, um, it was, you, your stomach, if you look at a picture of somebody online that suffers with SIBO, they literally look like they're about six months pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I ate, I just suffered terribly and it didn't matter what I ate. And it's that feeling guys of like, if you have to fart and you can't and it's just like that all that gas it is backs up, in your up into your heart and feels like you're gonna have a heart attack sometimes i would never ever want to experience that in my life yeah it's horrible it's horrible so 
Finding out that I had what they called was one of the worst cases of SIBO they ever saw, I they put me on a low FODMAP diet, which gives would that is a acronym for something that is extremely long and I couldn't tell you what FODMAP stop stands for, but it all it is is certain foods ferment like in your small intestine mm -hmm. much more than other foods but these foods are healthy these are i was eliminating apples i was eliminating like a lot a bunch of fruit i was eliminate eliminating um onions garlic um there's just a list if you see that and yeah. it's very like specific foods, foods which yes. is so weird right exactly so i i started that and it did give me some relief but I treated it like religion. Like I did not, I was so scared of the other foods. I was scared of gluten. I was scared of alcohol. I was scared of a peach. Like, yeah, it, she like literally, I don't want to say like die. You didn't diagnose yourself, but like when you followed the diet, you wanted to follow it to eight. Yeah. I wanted relief. Exactly. Yeah. But what they didn't tell me was that that is not something you should stay on for life. And I did for over a decade. I stayed on it um, because those foods are healthy. Yeah, you're lacking the nutrients Ooh, from right. those foods you exactly. can't have for Exactly. Years. So, but the low FODMAPs was not enough. So I think this is when you started to develop a fear of food. Oh, yeah. So I read J.J. Virgin's book, and it was like, like this, you eliminate like seven highly reactive foods, um, and I eliminated those. So I eliminated FODMAPs. I eliminated the foods that were JJ virgins, um, in her book. And like, it got to the point where oh, I tried paleo, then it went into keto and it was keto without the FODMAPs. Try doing that <laughs> because you can't have vegetables, like a lot of the vegetables. So, it, you know, that was hard. So I got myself down to like the, there was no foods to pick from. Keto never worked for me, by the way. And I'm so tired of people telling me to, uh, telling us to go do keto all the time. Oh keto may work for some people, and God bless them if it does. But no, here's I'm, the thing: I never it, got into ketosis, like right. even with the, the strictest keto diet in the world. Keto, what annoys me so much is yes, you're gonna see fast weight loss results, and people want that. They want the quick fix. They don't want to put the work in, unfortunately. But it's weight loss, not fat loss. Yes, in the beginning. I take that back weight loss um, no you did say weight loss oh, but i just okay. want to make sure people know that you're not going to get fat loss from keto in the beginning you're losing a lot of water a lot of water yeah. so and you see those results and you want to keep going exactly and the problem is with these diets guys is are you never going to have a carb again no, realistic it's, it is teaching you that you're developing a fear of carbs carbs is what makes you fat and it's such a myth mm -hmm. and it's just an easier way to get into a calorie deficit and the issues that can come along with this whenever you're doing it for longer than what six months mm -hmm. you're going to see the repercussions of a period or you're just going to gain all the weight back eventually because biology is going to set in and your body's going to be like hey um i can't just run off of fats my entire yeah. life well keto gave me more relief in my gut because again i'm just eliminating foods and eliminating foods um but the Oh my gosh. Then it went from um, literally irritable bowel syndrome for me. Yeah. Because there was so much fat in my diet, my body just would be like. I remember you putting butter in your coffee on our way to. We were at like an Eaton Park waiting to go on vacation. And it just confused me so much. Oh, I know. I was like, you well, this thing. is what I have to do? Yeah, no. Oh my gosh. So. It gave me irritable bowel syndrome. It gave me electrolyte balances. I like imbalances, I should say. I remember getting like working because I was a trainer at the time, and I was showing exercises, and I would cramp up because I couldn't get enough, keep enough salt in me. So yeah. it was, and then I don't never felt that like when you're in ketosis. Amazing that, yeah, energy. Never, yeah. ever. I struggled so bad and I followed that thing to a T. I, you know, I measured everything, did everything. I just never could get in ketosis. I don't know. So I, I got off of that and then I discovered intermittent fasting. 
And man, did I go down that. Well, that fed my eating disorder. It did. It, and I I'm mean, dumb not to realize that from back then. Because I think I was about to graduate college. I remember I was maybe in like my late junior year, early senior year, whenever you discovered that. Well, I've seen people do... And intermittent fasting can be done right. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of benefits to it. It's a weight loss tool. Um, but somebody who thinks like I do and has the pain that I had, the longer I went without food, I just, oh my God, I never, if I could go without food all day, I never had a stomach ache. And if I had an event, I would not eat the entire day. And then I couldn't eat the food at the event. So so I just just ended up not eating. And it just, I mean, my goodness. And then, you know, I just was into intermittent fasting. A, the weight loss was amazing. B... Um, it was supposedly to heal my gut. and That's you... what all of these doctors would say. She read all of these mm-hmm. different books, and this is what they were saying. It is going. It is gut healing. But I had to go the 24 hours before the gut healing could start. Remember? Right. Because the autophagy would start after 24 hours. Like, this wasn't just an intermittent fast or restricted time eating. Right. This isn't your typical, like, eat. For eight hours and fast for 16. Right. Which is, like, probably the healthiest way to do it, honestly. Well, the circadian rhythm, the 12 12 hours of fasting or the 14 hours of fast, 16 hours of fasting, not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can still get in your amount of calories, you know. But when you're trying to heal your gut with fasting, and fasting came so easy to me. And it's because... You've restricted your entire life. It's the easiest diet ever. You don't right. have to think. Well, that dopamine fix again. Yeah. That was happening again. Like, but now, it wasn't an eating disorder. This was fasting. And that we, was we okay. We just call it a different name and it's right. okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, I dove into the three-day fast. I dove into the 48-hour fast. She did a five-day fast. I did fast. a five-day fast. I dove into all of those, all the while thinking... I'm healing my gut. But you convinced me. Like, I remember Bobby was like, Corinne, that is not healthy. Well, wait. Why is she doing that? I'm like, it's fine. She's healing her gut. That's the reason for it. It's fine. He's like, no. If you do this, I will kill you. Yeah. Like, I remember, because we, because we, I got involved with this too. This is how I lost my weight in college. Whenever I gained, like, 30 pounds, mm-hmm. um, I started, we both started doing it together. And again, it was in the beginning a healthy way of doing it. We saw those weight loss results. Oh, no, for the beginning was just the Brad Pilon's Eat, Stop, Eat. Yeah. And it was one day a week. And yeah. we saw results just from that one day a week. Right. But we wanted more. Exactly. We never just are satisfied, are we? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's where we just didn't see it. But here's the problem, guys. When If you are on a diet right now and it's working for you and you're like, I just got to keep this up. I want this weight loss off I just got to keep this up it's gonna and you if you're seeing the diet get harder and harder or you have to restrict more and more you are not on the right diet because that's kind of what happened to us we were starting only doing one day of maybe um, how many hours of fasting which then turned into I'm gonna add another day which then turned into I got engaged, so I have all this wedding motivation because I want to be the tiniest I can't. We both wanted to be so tiny for this wedding that it we turned into afraid of eating. It yeah, yeah it turned into her and I both worked at the same gym, and we didn't eat all day. And remember, I finally got in ketosis. How happy I was! Yep. So fasting got me into ketosis, and that's why it was easy because I felt good. Right. As long as I drank salt water. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't drink salt water, I was throwing up or something worse. <laughs> and like, uh, it's just that diarrhea thinking... word. I'm afraid to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just even thinking. Like I remember, I did my first three day fast. I don't even think I did it with you. I just decided to do it on my own. Bobby was out of town, so I was like, good, mm-hmm. I don't have to make any food, I can just do this fast myself, and I went to go, I was on my day three, I woke up and to go teach a 5 a.m. class, and I was um, instructing, and I almost fainted in between, had to run to the bathroom, and threw up, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell anyone, because <laughs> everyone was like, she's pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> No, not pregnant, just starving myself. And um, it was, 
and the sad part is, guys, as soon as you get down to that low of calories, this is the difference between my mom and me. She, just from her eating disorder her entire life, you never gained the weight back. No, because it developed into something else. Right. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, her and I both just have, like, the different personalities of, like, she can perfect something and stay with it. I, like, rebel when people tell me I can't do something. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, wedding was over. I just wanted to go back to being normal but still incorporate fasting because, like, at that point, like... I wanted to write a book on intermittent fasting. I was like, this is changing my life. Mm -hmm. And I just want to help everyone. Everyone just needs a fast. Like, that was, like, what I thought I was going to turn. We were both in that place. Yeah. Yeah. We thought, like, we were going to turn our, like, I was, I I wanted to start my own online business. And I was like, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get everyone to fast. And it would work. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. It would work. Right. But is that the healthy way to tell people to do things? No. No. And then what I had to go through, and I'm so grateful I did go through this was as soon as my wedding was over I'm 5'7 I got down to probably like 125 pounds um and but mind you like all, all my muscle was gone anything from like when I started lifting to 14 years of age to then I had no muscle I remember you like t- telling me like okay we got to get some muscle on you now mm-hmm. and um I gained 15 pounds like that as soon as you stopped fasting as soon no I didn't even stop I was still fasting but I because I was eating more in my eating window because my body I was never satisfied oh, I would be eating okay. I'd come home from work I'd be fasting all day and then I'd eat enough probably that was like around 1200 calories and I was gaining weight because your body is getting used to that calorie deficit for so many months well and I gained all this weight and I was like what the heck I just need to fast more. I just need to have black coffee. I just need to do this. And none of it worked anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, now I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So our metabolisms are elastic. And when you eat that low of calories, you just slow down your metabolism. But, you know, and it gets, like, I guess we can call it damaged because it's just slow for a little bit. But you can reba- you can get it back. It's just going to take some work to get it, it back. Yeah. So right. this is why um, our episode prior to this, we were just talking about like being in such a, like low calories is so damaging to you. It messed me up. And then I was like, great. Now here I am learning how to repair my metabolism, metabolism and starting my business. I felt like a fraud. In a way. Right. Because right. I was like, how am I supposed to help these women if I can't even help myself? Right. Like, you were struggling yourself. Yeah. I just didn't know what to do. And, like, we just thought always the answer was this certain diet, keto, low carb. Because I did, I remember going through, okay, fasting's not working. Let's try low carb. And I think my body just adapted to, like, the amount of calories. Like you said, our mm-hmm. metabolisms are elastic. And it's I slowly added that back up. But then I ha- developed a fear of carbs like mm-hmm. it was just like I was like what diet is going to work for me and so lost you feel so lost oh my and gosh. I think so many people can relate with you yeah because there's so much information out there and it depends on what hole you go down right if you go down the keto hole you'll believe in it 100% if you go down a fasting hole you'll believe it 100% if you go down what the whole 30 hole you'll believe it a hurt right 30, because you see 30% these- <laughs> You put up 30% for Whole30. But, like, that's what I mean. If you are just starting to, like, search diets and you just type them in, then stuff is going to keep coming at you. YouTube videos are going to keep coming at you. And they will – it's an infomercial. They're going to make you believe and you're going to fall into it. And this is what's happened. But the intermittent fasting was – it's – when it stopped for me – was the massive headaches and the sickness. Remember those sicknesses oh I gosh. would get? We were at my wedding dress fitting, and oh my gosh. she just, like, she was physically there. Mentally, she was not oh there, and she was so sick. The headaches I started getting, and I couldn't explain them, and they were coming more frequent. It would be, like, once a month I would get them. And it was a headache, guys, that felt like I should be on the couch, like, with the flu. Like, it was a flu type feeling like I had a fever like I kept taking my temperature I'm like am I sick do I have a fever what's going on can't function headache is so bad no amount of excedrin or anything worked 
And I would have this like once a once a month. Then yeah. it was once a week. And then it was a couple times a week. And it was my body saying, you're done fasting. Like, right. quit it. Like, so, stop. Because I, I feel like if you... If it, like, her and I both went through different scenarios to show that fasting was not the answer. The extreme I gained fasting. my weight back. Right, the extreme. I gained my weight back, and she was getting sick. Sick. Very sick. Very <laughs> sick. Well, then, um, I went down another hole, and that was the carnivore hole. Hmm. So, after the, I, I realized I need to eat food, but I was still scared to eat food. Explain what the carnivore. Because diet let me is. just back up a little bit though. In the intermittent fasting, I was I was at one meal a day for the longest time, and I would wait till the end of the day to have that meal, and it wasn't like an abundance. I would say I was averaging seven to eight hundred calories in that meal, but I would be done for the day because I was in so much pain. So I still had the stomach issues. Nothing was healing this gut. But you were at home. You weren't out yeah. anywhere. Right. So she was like, I could just deal with the stomach ache. Right. Every, right. every Still night. doing the low FODMAPs. I wasn't keto anymore. I was starting to add the FODMAP foods that had carbs in it. Um, but I still, everything I ate just hurt. And um, I just, I knew there had to been some answer. So I did read a book on fasting. Um, and it was a protocol. I, don't, I love following protocols because I love guidance. It's, right. it's weird, but I Tell love it. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. So this one gentleman, um, his book, Beyond Fasting, it's called. I forgot his name. But he, whatever. It was a regiment. I was I was down for that. Give me a regiment. And it was a all-meat diet for one week before you get into this fasting protocol. I remember being in the car and you're like... I need that. I'm not. I'm doing not it. doing an all meat diet. That's disgusting. Right. I was so turned off by that. I was like, I'll just fast for five days and then I'll get into this fasting protocol. So stupid. <laughs> she did that too. Five <laughs> days, no food, and then as soon as I ate something, uh, again, stomach massive hurt. stomach aches. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go back and redo this and do the, the all meat diet. And then I looked into it online. Wow, what a whole community the carnivore community is, and. Almost six months, it was five and a half months, I thought this was my answer for my life. I loved this diet because I could eat and meat didn't hurt my gut and I wasn't constipated and I was going to the bathroom and I had energy and I was actually able to eat and man did I eat. Do you remember me? Oh, she ate like, what are those huge tomahawks? I had a tomahawk steak. A whole tomahawk steak herself. That had to be like... 30 ounces of meat. And I didn't have a stomachache afterwards. Yeah. Like, I was in... That was on vacation. I was an all-inclusive resort, and I had, like, as much meat as I wanted to. And she was so happy. I was so happy. And, like, an outsider looking in that, like, doesn't know all of your stomach issues is probably like, this girl's whacked out of her mind. Exactly. But she was loving life, and that's why... How can you tell someone not to do this when it's making them so happy. And it worried everybody. Yeah. It really did because it was so extreme. I mean, it was the extreme of all extreme diets. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you talk about the ultimate elimination diet. Hang, we started our YouTube channel during COVID, and this is whenever she discovered the carnivore diet. And this was during the time that, like, we, we wanted to get her message out there of how this can be so healing to someone that has mm -hmm. gut issues because she felt so free and she really thought this was the answer and she's like if i have to eat solely just meat the rest of my life i will like just imagine being in that headspace of every for how many years well, mom since you were little right well there was, like i couldn't go to restaurants with friends and family um and it like i felt so restricted because i had so many restrictions before and i didn't eat until late at night and all that stuff this was like my freedom of like I can go to a restaurant with somebody and just order a steak and, you know, be happy and not have a stomachache afterwards. And we can go out if we want to afterwards. Or we go shopping. But it happened during the pandemic. I was so pissed off. I'm like, really? Right. Out of all the times, I feel so, like I have this freedom. I'm stuck home so anyhow, right? So we can't do anything. We can't do anything. But, yeah, we, I mean, we would make videos on this. And it, they're still up there if you guys ever want to look at Oh, yeah, you can them. watch. You can watch and see how happy I was. Yeah. I kept, I gained a little weight. From the not fasting so much, but I still was fasting. Yeah. So I was doing carnivore. I, I combined it all together. Zero carbs, carnivore, extreme 
um, hit, oh my gosh, the workouts. Because during quarantine, guys, we work at Hit Gym. During quarantine, um, since nobody could go to the gym, we decided to do videos for people. And we would do extreme hit workouts. And we wanted to get them, like, we wanted to create enough. So sometimes we would do two or three a day. Yeah. Yeah, we just overdid it. And I still fasted on top of that because I didn't want to work out with, you know, eating. Right. So, I want you say, after five and a half months of that, my organs started to fail. And I knew that, I know this because I started feeling sick again. My, I, I was bloating with carnivore and I couldn't understand why. Remember, I went like, I forget how many days without going to the bathroom again. Yeah. I was, I was trying to do keto and carnivore. So yeah. I, was, I was cutting back the meat up in the You're fats. Like, oh, I had an avocado or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like I was trying to just eat fat. It was so disgusting. I knew I couldn't keep that up. I hated that. So um, I went to my doctor um, who does blood work on me. And yeah, he, he said that my kidneys, or not my kidneys, excuse me, my liver was in jeopardy. Remember, my levels were bad, yeah. my adrenals were bad, my organs were failing. It was and really scary. What, what was weird was I knew something was wrong with my hormones because I had no body odor. Like, I didn't have to wear deodorant. That's weird. I didn't have to shave underneath my armpits forever. I, it was like I was resorting back into, like, a 10-year-old little girl. Like, I had Jeez. no... Yeah, my hair was falling out. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was weird. I just had... it. I had no hormones. I, I don't know. Like, it was the strangest thing. I almost enjoyed it. Well, yeah. I was like, oh, this is, like, kind of a benefit in our right. vain minds. <laughs> right. Exactly. Of a twisted mind. But anyhow, um, my, you know, after getting that results back, I realized, A, it's not working for me anymore. B, I'm hurting myself, like, terribly. So now it's time to add in carbs, add in food quit doing the HIIT workouts. So we got into the all-in diets, remember, like yes. those people. And they, you know what? And it does work for a lot of people when you do the all-in. It does. Like, um, Kate Deering is, uh, she, she wrote a book on how to heal the metabolism. I think it was a saving grace in a way because I learned a lot from her with that for sure. And I, understood why I was going through what I was going through. I understood why you were going through what you were going through. And, um, again, though, any diet, like just any diet, it's not going to work for everyone. So it's like, I think from just taking bits and pieces of, and I'm sure like those of you that have done different diets, you have taken something out of that diet that you have actually enjoyed. Yeah. Um, which is what we did. And, and that's what's called learning. Right. Right. And what the all-in diet really comes down to is you eat whatever you want and how much And you whenever want. you want. And... Well, and then, um, so going back to Kate Deering, um, there was actually these carnivore sisters that I followed on YouTube who, um, both of them had lost their periods and they were very young and they didn't know if they would be able to have children and they dove down into this and they dove down into the Ray Peak diet. So the Ray Peak diet um, is what Kate Deering kind of took and put it in a book for people to understand because Ray Peak's very, very um, hard to understand. Yeah, it's like Ray Peak for dummies almost. <laughs> yes, exactly. But basically what it is is you fuel your body with milk and orange juice and like hot everything that is very nutrient nutrient dense, dense. yes exactly and we I took that to heart and gained 30 pounds <laughs> like that oh my gosh the amount of sugar that I had like I was squeezing my own oranges I was it be, that became but what that came down to was you were that still that low in a calorie deficit Look, like, that was my metabolism was very slow. Yeah. I added all that sugar, I gained all that weight, but I think that was as rough as a time that was for me. I, it was necessary. Your body needed it. Like it was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting nutrition again. Right. I'm getting different fuel sources again. Like still wasn't doing FODMAPs though. Remember? 
You still weren't taking... I still was yeah. not doing a FODMAPs. I was doing everything that was low FODMAP still with the all-in diet type of thing. Um, so where the gut thing, how where I'm at today with the gut thing, guys, took about over a year. Yeah. Because I started last August of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I would take a FODMAP food and eat a bite of it. And increase that slowly over a year's time and I don't think at this point I did it with all the FODMAP foods the only ones that I'm having a hard time with is still sweeteners and um raw onions or just onions cooked onions even um and 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 garlic those are the ones that like I still react to but everything else I mean I'm eating gluten And I'm fine. But I took it in small, small, little doses. And it just literally to get my body. And I think it was, and this makes sense to me. um, Because I had read this. This is why I did this. Because of Kayla Rose, who wrote um, Damn the Diets. She explained, because she had the same problem. And it was a whole thing of gut health. Like, every time you eat, you bloat and you don't want to eat. Um, but what the problem was, I lost the digestive enzymes to digest those foods because they were out of my gut for so long. For decades. For decades. That I I just did what she suggested and added them in very slowly, put up with some of the stomach aches, especially with the foods that I really, really wanted. And eventually, I came to a point where I, there is nothing that I do not have other than whey protein I still doesn't I it just doesn't agree with me and sweeteners even stevia tiny tiny little bit if I overdo it mm, gas is bad yeah um still the the onions and and garlic I could do garlic powder I discovered that Good. without the stomach all I cook with. yeah exactly I mean go out to a restaurant and try to get food that doesn't have spices in it like so the spices are fine I'm, I'm doing that but it just it took over a year but it's like this is where we really want to get this message across guys is none of these diets worked for nothing her. worked mm-hmm. none it all was, that time wasted like and probably did more damage right it definitely did more damage and that year that you went through of just slowly adding these foods in, that was not easy for you, though. Like, when you develop a fear of certain foods and the fact that these foods had made her be in so much pain for years, that's not easy to go through. No. So, like, that year of you going through, slowly adding these in, slowly changing your mindset of, you know, I told you about those, like, kind ice cream bars that I like and you're like I didn't even read the ingredients and I just ate it like Mm -hmm. it's those things that are going to set you so much further with where you were at before because there was not one restaurant she could eat at before there she hated going to any social event because she couldn't have food and it and I hate that people that know you as like because our family's very known as like a fit family and like oh, she's just a health freak. And it's like, no. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that she literally can't eat it without being in pain. And that's Mm -hmm. what would irritate me so much with people that knew you but didn't know you that well. It's like, do you just think that you're crazy? Well, so much I missed out on. So much I missed out on. And, and, you know, I'm sure, like, who would want to invite somebody over for dinner when they know they can't eat anything? Yeah. So, you know, I know this has affected my life, and I'm pissed off about it, to be honest. And I just hope that there's, like, people out there that maybe are going through some of the things that I'm going through. Um, don't go down these extreme holes. Yeah. Like, yeah, you may have to experiment with things here or there, but... And you might get relief. Like, if you're just so desperate and you it. want relief, like, that's what those protocols are for, and that's it. That right, don't not stay on it. Yes. And I just wish that these doctors that created these would say... This is not for life. Well, carnivore, though, make you believe it's for life. And there are people that do it for life. And you know what? It, there are specific people that maybe have to be on that. Maybe somebody with an extreme autoimmune disease. or yeah. You know what I mean? There are situations. I'm not saying that carnivore is wrong for everybody. But it was wrong for me. No, 100%. I personally think it's wrong for everyone. But I, I just... 
I, that's just not a way to live. But. Well, right. If you can, these people do it, they do it. I mean, like they have their anniversary, their one year carnivore anniversary where they all ate, ate was meat for a whole year. And when I say guys, I had nothing else. No, nothing. Nothing. It was just meat. Yeah. Anything that came from an animal. I mean, I even knew that scallops had three carbs in it and I would avoid those. Like, crazy. like I can't have that many of those. I'll just have two. Right. Well, right. <laughs> so it, you know, the, oh, I did. Okay. I did have cream, which is still animal based. It is animal based, but it did have a few carbs in it. Yeah. So I would have cream. And then I, I cut out the cream when all the problems started happening because everyone said, then you're not a true carnivore. I wanted to be, I wanted to be more carnivore in the community. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I was it's doing everything like, wrong. It's just like, uh, you know, if you're a part of these Facebook groups that are just like the calorie counting, the weight watchers, the keto, the carnivore community, they're, it is insane what these people are brainwashed to believe, and it's because of all of the doctors that are trying to back this up, but really, there isn't any studies of keto long-term or carnivore long-term yet, because it's so new. It's too new, right. Um, but it's just like, if any of you are struggling with gut health, it is not about elimination. Unless you have a serious autoimmune disease or, or or actual allergy allergy absolutely right so the the whole gluten-free gig is dairy free too dairy free too if you are not um celiac or if you do not have an allergy toward lactose or, or that you you lack any digestive enzymes. enzymes to process lactose those are serious things and you have to avoid those but people are doing this because they are gluten intolerant. It's bullshit, in my opinion. Like, mm. here's the thing. When you are taking it out for so long, you're, like you said, your di- digestive enzymes doesn't know how to break it down anymore. So when you do put it back in, yeah, you're going to feel crappy. you have a reaction. Or another thing is, because I brainwashed myself before thinking I have to be dairy free because I have a bad... Um, reaction to dairy when it was all just in my head like people they make you almost believe that Mm -hmm. and that's the answer Mm -hmm. but here's the thing guys if you have gone without gluten and you've gone without dairy because the diet culture has absolutely demonized it Mm -hmm. it's completely like you should just take this out anyone that has a stomach issue they're like oh i think i have to take out gluten (laughs) please do me a solid and don't take it out entirely it's gonna mess with your head back on it you can definitely cut back on it because you i'm sure you did see um, some benefits out of it too. And that's the reason why people will stay off of it too, mm-hmm. because they saw, oh, maybe it's like hormonal. My skin cleared up a little bit. I'm starting to feel a lot better. Well, here's another thing about gluten. It helps you to be restrictive. And that's where I, I was scared to add it back in because then all of these foods open up to me right. where I would leave the cheddar fishies alone because I, they were gluten free. I mean, they were gluten and I couldn't have that. Well, now I can have that. So now it takes willpower. <laughs> but that's the problem with all of these diets. They are developing all of these fear of mm-hmm. foods, and then you're restricting so much that it's going to eventually be to the point where you either go on a binge, which I guess that's what I was doing with intermittent fasting to gain that weight back so fast. It's And your body, when you do eat so low in calories too, your body will actually send a signal to your brain, it's literally neurotransmitters to your brain that you are constantly hungry and your hormone ghrelin, which is another signal to your body that you're hungry, it's going to keep that up so you're never going to feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like, there, the diet culture has created so many eating disorders, so many restrictive patterns for people that it is just so frustrating and you could probably hear in my voice that I definitely have a passion for this because I, just getting this message out there, guys is so unbelievably important and i've seen more and more trainers coaches talk this way for sure but it's like please just learn from our mistakes with this because she struggled for decades with this well and i'm i'm still struggling and you help me um she's doing a lot better though like i i've never seen her this good before well you and you and you still have to help me i'm in a better place totally with my gut much better place I don't know how that happened, but that year of not restricting 
doing it slowly. I had some pain. I, I had some weight gain. I had, you know, had to go through these things again. Like you said, I think my body was just like, give me nourishment. Let me do this. You know, somehow, some way. I do want to throw this out there though, with my constipation, guys. There's something called a castor oil pack. Oh yeah. I have to throw this out there because I think this has made the biggest difference in my life. Um, okay. So the lady, I get nothing from this. She don't, you know, yeah, I, I, it's just something I found online and I, I did, I looked up castor oil because my liver was bad. Remember? Yes. Had no idea that it would have this great of an effect on me, but, um, okay. So her name, if you Google queen of thrones, which I think is hilarious because she's all about constipation. She's and the poop doctor. The poop doctor. Um, I do forget her name, Marissa something. Um, but if you do look up queen of thrones, she has something called a castor oil pack. And normally castor oil packs are something like you sleep with on your liver and it really, really helps the health of your liver. They're really good for you. Castor oil is supposed to be like really good for you. Well, hers is not as messy as others. She simply has this like pad that has um, strings that you tie around your waist. You put the castor oil on your pad. You literally wrap it around your body and you sleep with it on. I would wear old clothes, definitely. Um, because it does sleep through that, it seep through that pad, but it's not bad. And I did that literally for, she just, she just says you don't have to do it every day. Um, but I did it every day for like a month and oh my gosh, the biggest difference with no constipation anymore. It has changed my life. It really has. It's great. And I think that plus the more balanced eating. And what's good about this, though, guys, is it's not, like, if she doesn't have this. No. She has, like, issues, like, the colonic of, like, you know, it's just relief and then it right. goes away. She's I, not, like, she doesn't do this every night. No. Now it's, like, I do it when I feel like it or I'll do it every other night or I'll just, I just do it when I feel like it. It's not, like, if it's gone tomorrow that I'll die without it. Right. Um, but whatever, it's made a big difference in my life and it is worth it. I would definitely try it if you struggle with constipation or if you have liver problems even. Like, look into it. it can, castor oil is supposed to be really good. But where I'm at today is very much better. Very Got balanced. Health. Very balanced. Um, I do still track. I still need to. I don't feel. It's the control. Yeah, it's the control. I still I still have that issue. Um, but I feel we, like. And I'm, I think because we record these episodes a little bit. Um, prior, yeah. but we were talking about, um, macros in one of our episodes where you had said that you're trying to go more the intuitive route. Um, it lasted for about a day, guys. <laughs> and no, give me credit. It lasted like three days. Okay. And I fell out of control and lost my mind. I had to go back to counting. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we're at with her. <laughs> We will. It's a work in progress. You. It is, and I'm working on it with her. Hey, I went outside my macros a little bit today and didn't feel guilty. No, and that's a that's huge win. Right. She had on vacation. First time I ever saw her drink, and I can't tell you how long we called her Myrtle Mom. Really? Yeah, we called her Myrtle Mom because we went we, to Myrtle Beach <laughs> and I drank my butt off. So <laughs> it was a good time. So she's come a long way, and yes. if any of you are struggling. Like she has, or you resonate with any of this, um, please message us. I think that just knowing there are so many people out there that are like you that struggle with this for sure. Um, and if you ever need any help, please reach out to us. But again, we're not doctors. Well, we're not going to give you a diet to go on. And we're not going to give you a diet, but if you have any questions, um, for anything, you can always reach out to her too. Um, but guys i hope you like this episode i hope um, this resonated with some of you or if you know someone that is going through the struggles please send them this episode and i think that that would help them because the moral of the story is diets suck the diet culture is awful even though that there's these doctors are behind it the number one thing that is behind all of this is money oh it is at the end it's always <laughs> so about money. much money that they are benefiting from and, and be careful of the wellness diets, too. Yeah. Yeah, just all these wellness diets that are out there selling you cleanses and drinks and detoxes. stuff. Yeah, detoxes. Guys, they it, don't work. I've done them all. <laughs> she literally has. Like, I literally, if someone says a cleanse, I get sick to my stomach, <laughs> nauseous, and I'm like, get away. I can't. Right. I've right. done them all. They don't work. Yeah, but 
and it's hard to get across that mindset unless you've actually been through it and have like learned from yourself. Um, but if you have to learn that way, you have to learn that way. You'll learn from your mistakes because mm-hmm. we definitely have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the place that we're at right now is a very freeing place. Yep. And we're still working on it with her, but don't worry. <laughs> She'll get there. She'll get there in no time. Not 100% free. I don't want 100% freedom yet. I don't, I don't know. She I'm, will. I'm like learning how to eat, literally. I don't even know what number episode this is, but we'll see. Maybe by our like 50th episode, we'll, we'll see where you're where at. Where I'm at. I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys.